Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I'm married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and and I'm in a different part of the country. I I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're really reenacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? I got an interesting email this week. He says, thank you for taking my call. I really, really, really appreciate the fact that you're working hard to help both men and women heal. But I'm not quite understanding how helping or heal improves my self-esteem when I've caused her all this damage. Please explain. Okay, so I get that that would be very difficult to understand how that might work. But here's the deal. There has been so much damage caused that you probably feel like There's nothing you can do to make a difference. But the truth of the matter is most women want to stay with their husbands if they get in recovery, but they're afraid to. You work diligently on providing support and helping her, or if the partner's a male, helping him heal, then you will actually feel Not like you redeemed yourself, but like you were able to find something that actually moved the partner forward. And that does feel good. And there's nothing wrong with that feeling good. You know, I've been working with quite a few people around disclosures lately. And, oh, it's so hard to have a couple go through the process Uh, finding out about the truth. And for many of the addicts I work with, they really, really were in denial about what would make them act out 
so chronically, acutely, um, frequently. And when they do the disclosure, they figure out how out of control their behaviors really were. Really important for the addict to know, and that's why it's good for him to do the disclosure, as well as for the partner to hear the truth. So you run into some old school people that don't understand disclosures and think they're absolutely horrible. I can only say two things. One is they don't know what they don't know. And two is there have been people that have done really horrible disclosures because they didn't know how to make both the addict and the partner feel safe. So make sure you go to somebody who can prove to you that they know this process. They're not going to schedule it over lunchtime. They're not going to schedule it for a 50-minute session. They're not going to have the addict write something up to present the next day. It's going to be well thought out. It's going to be prepared. It's going to be planned. There's not going to be any apologies in it, but it is going to account for all the out-of-control behavior that there is. We got some really fun things going on right now. I know that you know that I wrote Help or Heal, a sex addict's guide to developing empathy in the partnership. And I have a colleague. She is doing Help or Heal workshops where she sees the men for eight or nine sessions and then she pulls in the women and they all work together in a group, men and women, to practice the techniques in Help or Heal. And then I have Richard B., Richard Butler, who is in the U.K., who is starting a book study on Help or Heal. It's a 16-week book study course, and he works out of Naked Truth Recovery. Now, the partner, I'm I'm sorry, not the partners, the participants in this group last year were from the USA, New Zealand, France, and the UK. Each session was supplemented with additional resources and study materials, including videos, articles, and worksheets. He's running his group in May, and if you want to get in, it's um, 7.30 to 9 o'clock UK time, which is 2.30 to 4 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, you can contact him at Richard Butler. Let's see. I want to make sure I get the right address. Um, Richard.Butler at VisibleMinistries.com. That's VisibleMinistries.com. So that's exciting. And uh, you know I have the course. If you can't get to a help her heal therapist, then get your butt to my website, Sex Help with Carol the Coach, and buy the course. It's super, super inexpensive. It's got hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of material, 26 worksheets, 23 articles, Um, A PowerPoint presentation, me speaking throughout it all. It is, if I may say so myself, amazing. 
and um, you know it'll help you to help her heal, and that is what life is all about. Okay, I got one other email, and you know it was from. Uh, actually, it was from one of my old clients who says. On your podcast, you mentioned unique things working for you. So he wanted to share what was working for him. He says, you know what? I don't focus on sobriety. I focus on recovery. There are lots of white knucklers focusing on staying sober, but who may not be committed to solid recovery? And by focusing on recovery, sobriety naturally happens but also the deepening connection to self and others that I need to stay safe and improve. Sobriety is a rectangle. Recovery is a square. And he said, I am submitting to the outer circle. And he uses something called SEN. That's S-C-E-N. SEN in the game. Not to downplay, downplay recovery, But turning recovery into play so that it's simple is something this listener loves doing, and it's not work. S is sensuality. How do I find the beauty in the world around me through my senses in ways that are healthy, of course? C is connecting. How do I connect with the world around me today and not isolate myself? E is how can I listen and seek perspective without offering advice or injecting my perspective. And N is for nurture. How will I find my inner child today and enjoy life around me? That's it. The two things you can do that work for you is focus on recovery and have sin in the game. And he says, hey, thanks thanks, and admiration for all you do. Well, you too. Mr. M, good to hear from you. I love to hear from my old clients, and I love when they teach me things. You go to Sex Help with Carol the Coach, I have articles, ideas, topics that my clients have written about. You know, because one of the things I really believe is they have as much to teach me as I have to teach them. And let's face it, isn't that what it's all about? Um, Learning from each other. 100%. Now, I'm going to talk to you about something, and that is what we're going to be doing tonight. We're going to be learning more about female sex addiction. And a lot of people wonder, is there a difference between men and women who suffer from sex addiction? So I'm interviewing Amy Smith, the founder of Worth Recovery. She started podcasting about her experiences in sex addiction recovery in January of 2016 and has hosted full-day workshops for women in recovery. She offers support groups, educational offerings. She has a lot of resources for women because she noticed there was a real lack of them. So what she thought was a small hole turned into a gigantic chasm. So she has Worth Recovery Podcast. That's available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Women's Story Series, the episodes where 
She's curating women's stories in sex addiction and recovery. And then the Work Circle, a paid online moderated Facebook group where women can get support and maintain their focus on recovery. And, you know, we're going to be talking about the inherent differences, um, the difficulties for women that have sex and or sex and love addiction. Um, And there are many. But there's also some commonalities, too. So I can't wait to hear what Amy has to say in terms of um, what she has found in her own inner circle. And she's worked really hard to create many, many circles. And we love circles, right? Well, I just got to say that I'm really excited. Amy Smith, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Thank you so much, Carol. I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate you having me on tonight. Well, I, you know, you and I share one of the same listservs, and you were sharing and talking about all these services you offered, and I said, I've got to have you on the show because you and I both know there aren't enough services for women, although that is changing thanks to some great, great um, therapists and coaches and professionals who are helping to create resources. And then, of course, there's the, the person that says, hey, build it and they'll come. I'll start something and we'll make this happen. So, Tell me a little bit about how you got involved. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I, I, am, I identify as a sex addict. I started my own recovery journey in uh, 2011. And so it's been nine years that I have been in this recovery field and working um, on my own recovery for the first little while. And then with um, additional women who are struggling with the same thing, and I, in about about four years ago, in 2016, uh, I got this idea that there needs to be more support for women. I had relocated, and I was living in a new area, and there was nothing. I I couldn't find uh, a 12-step meeting to attend. Um, the ones that I did attend locally were dominated by men and and a few felt unsafe and I just was struggling to find resources to for myself and so I decided okay well if there's no resources there then I'm going to start to create them and so it was in January of 2016 that I started to a, a podcast um the worth recovery podcast and the goal was to just share my own story to share my own experiences in recovery as a woman in sex addiction, to add kind of that women's voice to the recovery field for sex and love addiction for women. And so that's where I started. And I knew that there was a hole there. I knew that there was a hole for resources for women. And as you said, we definitely are improving. But I didn't understand that it really was not just a small hole. It was kind of like a black hole, kind of like a chasm. I mean, there was just not enough information and so what I started was just thinking, okay, if just a few people heard my story and, and that was helpful to them, I would be, I would be elated at that. Um, and really quickly, it escalated from just a few people to hundreds of people downloading my episodes every day. And, 
And from there, I just have kind of become an advocate for women in sex and love addiction and what their struggle is and how we can create and support them through that process. Well, I was wondering, obviously we do believe there are some differences between men and women, uh, and we believe women need different resources than men. So tell me why you think that is. What what makes that so important? Great question. I I think that the the so, men and women are very are socialized very differently, and it's much more socially acceptable for a man to struggle uh, with any kind of promiscuous ish type behaviors. It's socially acceptable. We say it all the time that boys will be boys, men, you know, and that it's okay for them to to be promiscuous, to explore sexuality, and to have and to have that and to own that. We don't say the same things about women. In fact, we require women to kind of walk this line, this double bind situation of I need to be attractive, I need to be sexy, but I can't cross that line over into slutty or I'm a social outcast. And that line is so arbitrary, and yet we require women to kind of balance and walk that line. Women are also looked at kind of as the caretakers of chastity, if we want to call it that way, or they're kind of required to be, you know, these um, caretakers of virtue and, and virginity and all sorts of things. And so for a woman to admit that that's not the role that they're living up to in their lives or that that's not how things have played out for them is a much bigger deal than it necessarily is for men. Um, It's much more, like I said, I think that's changing too a little bit with the Me Too movement uh, that we've had in recent years, but it's still very much alive, uh, that double standard for women and men in sexuality in the world. And because of that, the resources for women need to be different. They need to be targeted towards the socialization messages that they receive. They need to be targeted towards more relational recovery, um, more about the relationships that they have and the reasons that they act out in the ways that they do. I also think that the, uh, the acting out behaviors for women can be a lot more broad um, and a lot different, can look a lot different than they do for men. And so because of that, there needs to be some of these targeted resources that really address the women's issues in sex and love addiction. Well, I know that that I worry about co-ed groups for two different reasons. Um, one is partners that I work with just absolutely are fear-based about having women sex addicts and with men sex addicts. That is their worst nightmare, even though that is so, you know, it's it's like somebody who's in a recovery group is going to respect the boundaries to the best of their ability. And I say that, and yet I have had men who are sex addicts hit on, if you will, women sex addicts. I've not known the women to do it to the men, but I've known the men to do it to the women. And so for those two reasons, I love the fact that women are really gaining their strength and and having women-only meetings. Now, 
you may have a totally different perspective because, you know, you've been on the forefront. Tell me what you think about co-ed versus same-sex meetings. Yeah, I, I've i had very similar experiences to you. Um, I, you know, when a, when a man walks into a sex addiction meeting, a 12-step meeting for support, and the entire room is full of other men who share that same struggle, they have a, a really great response in that they feel very uh, connected. They don't feel alone. They feel like they're walking in and all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, these whole, uh, this whole room of people understand me. And so that shame kind of falls away a little bit, and they're able to connect with these people around them. But as a female, if I walk into a room full of men, who have and share the same struggle that I do, it's a much different experience. Um, and I've, I've done that. I've A lot of times the meetings that I've attended were co-ed only because I was there. And if I hadn't been there, it would have just been a men's meeting. But uh-huh. there is that feeling of I, I am really truly broken, right? Um, there's not other women that struggle with the same thing that I do. And I feel even more shame and I can feel even more of an outcast because these people here are, don't look like me. They they don't relate the same way that I do. And and so it's it's a real struggle. I've also heard, similar to you, a lot of women who have attended meetings and been hit on. Um, a lot of women who – I was at a meeting once and <laughs> – one of the men in his uh, share said that I looked like one of his acting out partners, and mm-hmm. that's and, and it, that's I mean that's really difficult for me to be sitting there knowing that. Um, but he didn't feel any shame about saying that. But it was really difficult for me <laughs> to be sitting there and knowing that that was going on. Um, I I know a lot of those terrible stories actually of women who have been hit on or um, I would say even borderline abused in in mixed meetings. And I will say that while I'm a huge advocate of female-only meetings or male-only meetings, I'm also a huge advocate of mixed meetings. I There is some healing that has to happen between the genders as you go through this process of recovery. If if I stay, you know, only with women and I work on those relationships, that's great, but I still need to work on how I relate to men. And so I have found a lot of healing, and I have had some really amazing experiences with men in recovery and, and learned a lot from their experience as well. It, wasn't, it just needed to happen later on in my recovery, not at the beginning um, when I was super vulnerable and fragile. Um, and so... I am an advocate of both, and I believe that there needs to be both. And we just need to be sensitive to the needs of people as we go through that. I also just really quickly wanted to comment on your partner comment. Um, The same thing happens for male partners, right? So female sex addicts have male partners who um, are not happy if their, you know, spouse goes to – um, a male-only meeting either, right? They don't want their mm-hmm. single, their female to be the only woman in a male-only meeting. Um, and so that can be difficult as well. Yeah, that as well as 
um, homosexual gay partners are more, um, seem to be much more fearful if somebody wants to go to an LBGT meeting. And Mm -hmm. I, I do understand that, again. It's it's fear in general. There's just so much fear, especially in that first year or two. Because we know it takes the brain three to five years to heal. And the first couple of years, you know, people are establishing what is best recovery for them. So I just wondered yeah. what you thought. And one of the things that I've not heard of, I'm sure it's probably happened, but, you know, you were talking about um, – the different meetings, and certainly in Sex and Love, Addicts Anonymous, there tends to be more women in that meeting. And so mm-hmm. when a man comes to that meeting, he's usually embraced, you know, as come on in, sit down, we know how you feel, and are not necessarily hit on. And at the same time, that can be very, very scary for the partner as well. Because that is tends to be, although it's changing too, uh, used to be predominantly female, that group. Uh, so yeah, that I, leads me to go ahead. I just wanted to say, like, I I totally agree with that. I think that, um, you know, when you go to meetings, you just need to be sensitive to your partner, right? Whatever whatever your partner's needs are and preferences are, there's got to be some sensitivity to that as well. Um, and I also think you hit on one of the key differences between men and women is women do tend to embrace more of, you know, no, no matter who shows up, like we're going to embrace you and, and bring you in, no matter your preferences, no matter what's going on for you. Um, I haven't found that to be the case uh, with men and female sex addicts. A lot of them are very fearful of that, and I think that's just one of the key differences between genders there. Um, so I appreciate you bringing that up. Well, thank you. And so, obviously, you're one of the pioneers in this field because you have provided so many different resources. For our listeners that may be joining late, I am speaking with Amy Smith, who is the founder of Worth Recovery. And she has Worth Recovery Podcast, which is available anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And she has Women's Story Series. And these episodes are when she's really curating women's stories in sex addiction and recovery. And who doesn't like a good story to to understand the struggles, right? I remember right. when Patrick Carnes asked us to read the green book, the white book, the purple book. He said, now, and don't go to the stories first. Read about the 12 <laughs> steps and how they apply. And I went right for the stories <laughs> because that's... That tells such um, gives so much information about somebody's life. And I remember as I read the Green Book, I said to myself, some of these people don't sound like they're in total recovery. I wonder why they're in the book. Because, of course, I, I was idealistic and I wanted only the best of the best stories in the Green Book until I realized that everybody is on their journey a little bit differently and sharing those struggles of people that, haven't done it perfectly, hasn't found total recovery, um, operational in itself too, especially if it's been included in the Bible of any of those three or four books. 
what what materials yeah, do you think has been yeah, what do you think has been absolutely um, instrumental in your recovery in terms of um, books and movies and things like that? Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. Um, I I very much I worked the Patrick Carnes thirty task model in my own recovery, um, and that was um, hands down uh, some of the best work that I did. Um, and I'm very, very supportive of the CSAT model, the Certified Sex Addiction Therapist model. I think that there's a lot to be had there and a lot of value there. Um, and then there are, as I got, as I grew further in recovery, the the pronoun issues, you know, bugged me, right? That there weren't enough women's stories, and so I started seeking out those women's stories and. And while I do feel like a little bit of a pioneer in this field, there are lots of women that have gone before me that have generously shared so much of themselves. Um, Stacy Sprout has a great book called Naked in Public. That's her memoir of her own experiences in sex addiction. Um, Marnie Foray, No Stones, is another really great book about recovery and sex addiction for women. Uh, Kelly McDaniel's work. Uh, she has a book called Ready to Heal uh, that was also very instrumental for me in my own recovery. Uh, so I would say, you know, some of that women's work, I feel like I'm standing on their shoulders. The, those three collectively have written so many great things about women and sex addiction, and, and that was very instrumental for me. I think one of the things I always talk about with, like, my women's story series is, Every time I hear the story of another sex addict, particularly women, um, there's a little piece of me that heals. There's a little part of me that falls into place. They they say something a little bit differently. They relate to something a little bit differently. They explain their story, and I see myself in them. And I just can't um, I can't emphasize enough the importance of hearing and relating to other people and other women, particularly for women in recovery. Women tend to be so much more relational. And so being able to really talk about that and hear those stories um, was instrumental for me. And so I wanted to provide more of them. And so I do do a women's series uh, on my podcast. And this year I've got 18 more stories that are coming out, which I'm super excited, uh, before the end of the Mm -hmm. year. And I'm just really working to curate these stories for people to be able to listen to and heal. And they are all in stages, different stages of recovery. Some of them have been in recovery for years. Some of them are in for months. Some of them are brand new. Some of them have been in for years but are still struggling to figure things out. And I love what you said, just that we need stories in all stages. We need stories all across the the spectrum to be able to relate to. And that's been one of the my my key goals um, with Worth Recovery is being able to provide more of those stories and more of those opportunities. I would say the other piece that is really has been really therapeutic for me, which is um, I almost feel embarrassed to say it, but it's a TV show and it's called Bones, and this, it's this quirky woman mm-hmm. who just really struggles with intimacy in general. And I, and throughout, I was watching it, it was going on, you know, and while I was in recovery, and I just related so much to 
the intimacy issues that she had because there is so much of sex addiction that is intimacy disorder-based, right? We know that. And so um, I just found that there was so much good there as she figures her life out and learns to be more vulnerable and learns to be, learns to relate to people differently. And uh, that was a huge part of my recovery journey. I remember sitting and watching a few episodes just sobbing over just a few lines about, you know, her own struggle. So, yeah. Well, that's interesting. And I just knew you might have something that people would enjoy watching because clearly, uh, especially while we're all kind of set up in this COVID-19 world, it's, it's interesting to be able to look at different types of media to get our information. And, you know, I used to be a drive time radio talk show host. I had a, uh, a show in Indianapolis called Sex and um, Sex, Love and Relationships with Carol the Coach. And I loved that. And when I, I actually had three shows and when I lost the last one, uh, I thought, well, I'm just going to, I'm just completing my CSAT. Maybe I'll do a podcast. And at the time I thought, oh, that's so beneath me. Podcasts are so beneath me. And of course they were just getting off the ground. And now I don't know what I do without my podcast. Right. And I don't mean mine personally. I mean, I must listen to 200 different podcasts. I love podcasts. I love the guests. I love the freshness. And I love looking at all sorts of topics. It's just incredibly helpful. And so were you nervous to start your podcast? Because at least, at least I was in radio, but you, this was fresh for you, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was it was brand new for me, right? I I was very nervous and very scared and I would say those first 6 months I probably toyed with just taking it down every week. Um I just was so like what what value do I add? You know, what value do I have here and are people even going to relate to me and I feel like I talk, you know, kind of differently and Maybe maybe I'm just you know I should just take it down. It was it was a struggle. It was definitely a struggle. I was I was nervous about that. I was really grateful. I had a couple of really good friends you know who uh, were just so supportive and really helpful in helping me work through that and really um, helping me understand some of the value that that it was providing for them and for other women. Uh, that they knew in sex addiction recovery, and and so I was able to to kind of endure those first few months and get through, and and now I I really really enjoy it. I think about my podcast audience probably every day, and really think about what value they need or what's going on with them, and and how I can support and help them in any way that I can. I also the other thing I love about podcasting is um a lot of my acting out I was I did a lot of uh ex- explicit calling and phone sex and things like that and used my voice in ways to act out. And mm-hmm. I've always been told that I have a great voice and that people like to listen to it and it's easy to listen to and and I used it a lot in acting out. And what I love about podcasting is it's this way for me to reclaim that, 
to kind of reclaim my own voice in a very healing way, in a way where I can put out more into the world about uh, recovery and about hope and about dispelling shame and about helping women connect with other women and resources so that they can go on their heal their own journey towards healing. And so I I do love that about podcasting. It's kind of just my um reclaiming that into my own my own life. Well that makes a lot of sense. And so you have something really special and it's um it's a, a resource for women called the Worth Circle. And it's a paid online moderated Facebook group where women can get support and maintain their focus on recovery. So tell us how that works. Yeah. So I I know that there there needs to be a place where more women can connect. Um, and there are a lot of women out there struggling with their own intimacy issues um, in sex addiction and love addiction and relationship addiction. And I wanted to create a place where women could, a safe place where women could be able to connect together. And so I created this Facebook page called The Worth Circle. And it's not a page, I should say that. It's not a page. It's a hidden and private Facebook group. So it's not searchable. You can't find it. It's just a very um, kind of off-the-grid support group for women. And every week we have a focused topic of the week um, where you can learn about a focused topic and how that applies to your recovery. We're very sensitive to be sure that we have some moderators so that uh, everything is is really supportive um, and that we're able to really connect together as a group. And the topics are designed so that no matter what stage of recovery you're in, you are able to relate to that and use it for your own recovery. So we have women on there who, you know, are just barely starting. We've got women on there who have years of sobriety. Uh, it's a really great place for people to support each other and to connect. We have women through all throughout the United States as well as internationally who are part of that group, and it's just continuing to grow. And I'm really excited to be able to provide that level of support for women it's only $30 a month so it's not the it's not very expensive and it's just a way for us to be able to keep the group moderated and safe and and things like that and I'm excited for the growth that we've seen there and and to be able to provide that level of support for women oh I bet and you're right, that's dirt cheap, and it's a way to support, and it keeps everybody on the up and up. And so how can they find out more about that? Yeah, on my website, worthrecovery.com, um, if you go to the – there's right on the, right on the front page there's a link for them to be able to find out more information, or if they want to go directly, it's worthrecovery.com slash worthcircle. And the first 30 days are free, so get on and you can get registered and get into the group. And if it's for you, great. You can hang out. If you if it's not for you, okay, no money out of your pocket. And you can stop before that 30-day mark. I love that. Absolutely love that. And I don't know, there's something about Facebook that feels very, very safe, you know. And so I'm just really happy that you've, are offering something like that. So, Thanks. 
as we begin to wrap up for tonight, what would you tell our listening audience who may not be female sex addicts but may want to know more about this phenomena and how it differs or how it's the same from men? Yeah. First of all, I know your audience is, I know the audience here is very varied, um, both addicts and partners. And I would say mm-hmm. the first is, the first thing we have to do is just make room for the discussion. I think a lot of times we want to just lump everybody together. Um, all partners act this way, all addicts act this way, and we need to make room for the discussion that there can be variances there, both for partners and for addicts. Um, variances in all all sorts of behaviors and variances in how things play out, variances in resources that they need for recovery. So I, I the first thing is we just have to engage in the discussion um, and be willing to allow those things to happen. Uh, the second thing I would say is we need to encourage the discussion, not just make room for it, but advocate for it talk about the differences, talk about, you know, another area that we really need a lot of help in is partner work for men and partner work for the LGBTQ community. Um, You know, what does that partner work look like? Is it the same as the partner work we've been doing? Uh, Does it need to be different? Do we need more resources there? Um, And so not just make room for the discussion and allow it to happen, but actually encourage it. Let's talk about the differences there. Let's talk about how we can be more supportive. And then in the second, I guess the third thing I would say is we really need to talk about the differences um, between men and women and how those relationships can be healed and be talking about more relational-type recovery. Um, No matter how you identify we need to talk more about the relational recovery aspect of this particular addiction. Because sex addiction, one of my one of my most popular episodes still to this day came out four years ago. It's number 18, and it's called Not About Sex. Because mm, okay. as we know, like, this addiction is rooted in these intimacy problems that we have. And so we need to start talking about that holistic picture of recovery, not just about the sexual aspect of things, but intimacy in general. How do I relate to other people? Uh, Those are the three things I think we definitely need to be discussing more in this arena and really, um, really dig into those, those ideas and what we hear. Oh, absolutely. Well, I can't thank you enough because again, you know, both you and I know there was such a stigma if a woman had this issue. And although it is a bit different in that it's typically um, sex, love, and a relationship issue, it still shows up in compulsive, problematic sexual behavior. And so I'm I'm so glad that you used the uh, 30 task recovery program and and for our listening audience that doesn't know what that is, they can get Dr. Carnes' Recovery Zone Volume 1 or Volume 2, and it talks about the different recovery tasks. And it's an, it is just like anything else. 
you will find yourself working through each task, not necessarily linear, but when you work through them, um, you rework them again and again because the more you know, the more, well, the diff- the more you know, you are able to work through them a little bit differently and a little bit deeply, more deeper. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely comes off in layers, right? 100%. And facing the shadow, which um, comes from out of the shadows, and that is the workbook, Facing the Shadows, um, is probably the best workbook for sex addicts anywhere, whether you're female or male, to help you to determine um, your excuses, your rationalizations, your denial, your fire drill, you know, all the things that will help you to realize what you need to do to get healthy. And then, obviously, when you go through tasks 8 through 13, you're really talking about the other addictions you, that you might have and, and the cycles of abuse that you may presently or in the past have gone through. Um, you get to grieve those losses and talk about shame and It's just an amazing opportunity to not only work on issues, but heal from those issues. And podcasts, books, good therapists, CSATs, and you're in the CSAT program right now, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, After podcasting for a couple years and getting more involved, I, I decided I wanted to be able to, to be part of the solution on a deeper level. And so I went back to school and um, got my CMHC, so my Clinical Mental Health Counseling degree, and am working as a therapist and also am in my CSAT program to become a certified sex addiction therapist. I know, and we hate to be prejudiced, but don't you think it's the best program in the world? I I do enjoy it, yes, quite a bit. I again, being that advocate for women, we could do a little bit better um, in in supplying women's stories and and being more equal in those representation. But I do believe in the model so strongly, and am so grateful for uh, the work that Patrick Carnes has done um, and sharing his own experiences and and the research that has been done to be able to support. Some, some really great methods of recovery that have been proven to to really work. Well, and um, were you at the conference, at the workshops this uh, last month? The oh, at Symposium? I symposium? I was not. I, I went the last two years, but I was not um, at this time around, just a couple weeks ago, right? Stacy Sprout did a fabulous job and is just like you she's so generous with her resources so i i want to challenge you amy to i want to challenge you to work with itap to make them even more uh female sex addiction sensitive and i know you're just the person to do it well, thank you. I absolutely wholeheartedly accept that challenge. Um, and, okay, you and let we'll me know when you've done that, Yeah, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> well, I just, I just, Amy, thank you so much for being on tonight, talking about worth recovery. Let me remind everybody I'm talking with Amy Smith, and clearly uh, she has this podcast called Worth Recovery Podcast, available anywhere you listen to podcasts, and she has a certain segment of women's stories, and she calls it her women's stories series because she's all about the stories. It helps people to recognize their truth within them. And then the Worst Circle, which is a paid online moderated Facebook group where women can get support and maintain their focus on recovery. And so please keep us posted. We want to know what you're doing and um, just appreciate your openness, honestness, and uh, transparency being a, a female sex addict. Thank you, and thanks for um, having me on tonight. I I have listened to your show and, and been a fan of your show for a while. I know a lot of people that do, and, and you do a lot of good out there, Carol. So thank you so much, and thanks for allowing me to be here. Any time. So um, when you write that book, give me a call. <laughs> Deal. Deal. I can I will. feel a book. I can. I can feel a book. <laughs> You know, as we're talking, are you working on one right now? I am working on a book right now. Yeah, I'm co-writing a book right now with um, my dear friend Jackie Pack, and we're writing a book about intimacy disorders. Oh, my goodness, yes. I want to hear more about that, all right? Okay, deal, I promise. Okay, make it a good one and stay safe. Oh, you too. Thanks so much, Carol. All right, Amy. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. All right. Again, Amy Smith, the founder of Worth Recovery. And, um, well, as we say at the end of every show, you know, there's only going to be one of you at all times. And I know that you may be just a little bit done with this COVID-19 situation. And then, again, I talk to people who, are not coming out. They're not going anywhere. They're going to watch and see how the world handles this uh, reopening situation. I sure do look for lots of opportunities to connect in any way I can that's safe, respectful, and, of course, loving. So there'll only be one of you at all times, and I fearlessly want you to have the courage to be yourself. Make it a good week. And we'll see you. Hey, listen, I started started to hang up, but go to my YouTube channel. I have two of them. One is under Carol Sheets. That's my name, Carol the Coach, Carol Sheets, S-H-E-E-T-S. And one is under Sex Help with Carol the Coach. It's under uh, Carol the Coach. And get the information that you need. Now, one of them is specifically about partners and addicts. And the other one is about taking your life to the next level and working through things that anybody works through. It's not specifically geared for sex addiction or partner betrayal, but it is geared towards self-improvement and empowerment. And again, either channel can be seen if you Google Carol Sheets, YouTube, or Sex Help with Carol the Coach. We will talk to you later and um, stay.
stay safe.